millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Mind Aware 306. It's not a hell yes, it's a no. (laughs) Very good, yes. Don't be afraid to make the change. The world will go on. If you're not pissing people off, you're not doing it right. Practice mindful walking. Stay outside of your comfort zone, because that's where the magic happens. How many people we know who get to the top of the ladder, and as Stephen Covey beautifully said, find that it's leaning against the wrong wall? Pause and give this moment my full love and attention. Feedback does not ever tell you anything about yourself. It tells you about the person or the people giving the feedback. Am I being driven by my greed? Am I being driven by my pride or my ego? Hello everyone, Data Wild here with the Mind Aware and welcome. So let's face it, most of us have that chase going on. And what's the chase? It's that chase of more time, more money. More time, more money. Can I please have some more? I'd like another helping of that, please. And it's that continual kind of wanting, not seeming to balance it, you know, all those courses about managing your time or managing your money, all of that stuff. Well, you know what? What if there was a better solution? Well, you are going to love Dr. Sharon Spano, who is here with me today. She is the author of the book, the pursuit of time and money, and you know what? Today is the day that you can get it. So head over to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and get it. And actually, we've got some bonuses, so I'm going to give you those in just a second. But in the meantime, let's get to the bottom of this, shall we? Let's get to the bottom of what's going on with time and money. Hi, Dr. Spano. Nice to have you here. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much. And as I was saying to you pre-show, this is an exciting date for us because today is our official pub date, August 1st. So we are in the bookstores as of today, and it's, it's a big hallelujah. It's been a journey. So it's, it's great to share that celebration with you and your listeners. It's like birthing a baby, isn't it? But <laughs> now, you know, the thing is, just like with children, it's like now it's born. Now you got another 18 years of, of raising it. Yeah, so. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so what is the deal? I mean, this is something that uh, it seems universal. I want to even just call it almost a universal complaint about this chase of time and money. Can you give us some perspective on that? Well, it certainly has picked up for us, right? Because with all the wonders of technology, I think, you know, the downside of that, as we all know, is we're being asked to do more and more uh, 24-7. And so uh, my work is not so much in this book about how to manage time and money, although there are there are elements of that. I'm really looking at more uh, the consciousness or the the uh, perspectives, the meaning-making systems, if you will, because my work is grounded in adult development. And so we're looking at the different paradigms that different stages of development have around the experience of time and money. And my belief is that, one, they're, they're very closely connected. Most often we talk about them as separate construct or 
or separate uh, resources. But we know, you know, we say it flippantly that time is money, but in reality, they both are pressuring us in very different ways uh, because of their abstract and concrete nature. So we're looking at it from that perspective as well as what are the meaning-making systems or paradigms that you might have around time and money because that impacts the way you do business or the decisions that you make on a daily basis. And one of the contentions that I make and start the book with is it's important for us to really examine our early childhood storylines because it's pretty evident from research about human development that those storylines impact uh, specifically with respect to time and money, how we uh, carry internal dialogue in the present time and, again, the decisions and choices that we make. Yeah, and actually, let's address that and let's do a jump cut and go back a little bit because I think you're right that I want to repeat what you said. You're talking about different paradigms. You're talking about the different meanings that we give to time and money and our stories, basically, that we have around time or money. And so you mentioned childhood. And so I want to go take a step back and talk about maybe some of the common ones that you run into. Maybe you can explain to us how developing uh, a paradigm around money or around time, how that affects us later on using an example from childhood. Well, one one that I love to speak into is, uh, let me back up for just a minute, that we did an assessment about three years ago that I developed. It's a valid, reliable assessment called the Time Money Inventory, and it's one of the bonuses that we're offering, and free and confidential and anonymous and all those good things. But one of the things that we saw that I think can be very closely linked back to early childhood is the, the very nuanced uh, differences between uh, moderate scarcity and moderate abundance, because this, this assessment looks at where you are on the spectrum between scarcity and abundance. So one of, the, one of the surprising things that came up for me, Dana, was that people who fell into the moderate scarcity uh, category, if you will, often had storylines about being very, you know, highly, highly responsible. And they came, as most of them do, from our parents. You know, it's the, the mom and dad who lived in the same house for 45 years and so it would be extravagant for me to have a new a newer bigger house or or maybe they stayed on the same job forever and so I feel guilty if you know maybe my first career has turned out to not be the next career that I'm really longing for and so people start self-sabotaging because that those hidden dynamics or loyalties are part of their overall system and their paradigm and so it can look like responsibility but uh, people often ask me well how do you define scarcity from abundance in those moderate categories and one of the things that I would tell your listeners is pay attention to if you're falling into the trap of of emotions of guilt or fear Uh, fear is a natural part of how we uh, often move into risk-taking opportunities as entrepreneurs but if you're making fear-based decisions and then you're feeling guilty, you know, as a result of the decisions, that that sometimes can be a red flag that I've slipped into scarcity uh, paradigms. And, and I think, you know, any one of us can slip in to those thought processes at any given time because, you know, business is challenging. Uh, but the point is, is if you're stuck there and it's not helping you or, or causing you to have effective results in your business or your life, then there's something else that may need uh, further consideration. Right, right. And actually, I want to give that website because I know everybody's going to want to take this assessment. It's thetimemoneybook.com slash mindaware. There's extra bonuses there because you are 
listening from the Mind Aware Show, the, remember the the, the timemoneybook.com slash mindaware. Take that assessment and you'll find out on the spectrum where you're at with this. And so let me paraphrase or see if I have this right. What I think you're saying, I heard you kept calling them hidden loyalties. And I think what you're saying is that even if it's not stated outright, like, hi, we're living in the same house for 45 years because we don't think we can afford something else, that we just make a judgments and assessment as children and growing up uh, under our parents. It, it's funny because sometimes when um, I talk to people about abundance, one of the easiest ways you can find out what people's abundance beliefs are is to ask them, how does your mother feel about money or how does your father feel about money? And they, when they tell you that, they'll start, they'll, you'll see the light bulbs go on where they'll go like, oh yeah, I, I feel that way too, or I have that same pattern. So I think what you're suggesting is that it's almost like we get imprinted with ideas that aren't even our own ideas. We pick them up from either our family or from the culture. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, and they're at a subconscious level. And and so the book has many reflective practices that that help them chapter by chapter, the the reader actually start to identify some of those subconscious uh, internal storylines that may be impacting them. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I think of one that I often share is, you know, my mother had, the habit of any time I achieved a next level of success or my husband and I bought a new car or house, my mother would always say, oh, it must be nice. I never had those opportunities. And so <laughs> it really wasn't until I wrote this book that I realized, oh, wow, that, you know, there were, well, I actually, I remember at one point saying to her, yes, mom, it is. Be happy for me. And this was probably 20 years ago. But, but it took me a lot of years to have the courage to, because you know, I always felt guilty. When she would say that, I would feel like, oh, my poor mom, you know, and then I was ashamed that I had, you know, this success. So, yeah, it, it's an ongoing thing for many of us. But um, the, the book gets into uh, key strategies. And, you know, the tagline for the book is step into radical abundance and discover the secret to a meaningful, prosperous life. And so we're looking at stewardship is that secret. And then I talk about a cycle of freedom and what it means to take on and practice virtues that will give you a greater sense of radical abundance and what it means to live a life of joy and prosperity. Well, and it sounds like the first step really is getting aware and being willing to start breaking through some of these things. Because as long as you just keep going around blindly, you you, know, you have to bring it to the conscious level and become aware of what you're dealing with, right? Well, that's that's to me. I mean, I've, obviously, I'm in the uh, personal transformation and adult development business. So for me, everything begins with thought, you know, because we, we think it before we do it. And I tend to work with entrepreneurs and business leaders who are often smack in the middle of some kind of dilemma challenge or life transition, whether it's corporate-wide, company-wide, or individually. And so we always begin with the conversation and the work around, you know, what is your thinking, and then where do we break up some of that that's not working for you so that you could step into a higher stage of development. But there's also lines of development within each stage. I know your work is about mind-aware. There's 26 that we know of in the research. I focus on six of them, and the book goes into some of the practices uh, specific to those lines uh, in the context of time and money. So people can have practices, either maybe it's a spiritual line that needs further development. It might be interpersonal. It might be moral, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, the point is that there's always opportunity for growth and transformation. And it's just an exciting way to start to think about and act in ways that allow you to pursue time and money in, in healthier ways. 
I love it. I love it. Good, good stuff. I can't wait. We're going to do a quick check-in with our Facebook audience. For those of you that don't know, we are here live on Facebook every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So when we say the book launched today, we mean here today while we're on Facebook doing this live, the book has launched. If you're listening on the iTunes podcast, hey, go out and get it. You can already get it. Head over to thetimemoneybook.com. The timemoneybook.com slash mind aware. Take the assessment, go get the link to go get your own copy of the book, break through some of these paradigms. We're going to do a check-in with the Facebook audience. I'm Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're here with Dr. Sharon Sabano, and she is the author of The Pursuit of Time and Money. We'll be right back. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time, and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? TrainYourBrainU.com. That's TrainYourBrainU, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hello, everyone. Dana Wild here, and welcome back to the Mind Aware Show. We're having a really interesting discussion about time and money, specifically the pursuit of time and money, because that's the name of the book, and it's out today. My guest, Dr. Sharon Spano, is the author. And really, we've been talking before the break about the paradigms that we develop as children and as developing adults, and how do we break through? And I think that's what I would like to get into now. I'd like to talk a little bit about how do we break through and make change when it seems like sometimes I think people get the idea that these things are really imprinted or really hard to change or something. But I know you uh, understand the power of thought and the power of shifting your thought. So let's talk about it a little bit. What's the What are the steps? What can I do to, to start thinking about money and time differently? Well, I think, Dana, it's a process. You know, when we're talking about personal transformation, it never happens over over one moment in time. I mean, you can have those epiphanies, and certainly, yeah, you know, there'll be a great shift in consciousness there. But I, I'd always like to say that with the first moment of awareness comes opportunity for change. And so, like, in the example I gave you when my mom made that comment that day and I made the decision to say, yeah, mom, it is nice to be happy for me, that was a great shift for me in consciousness where I realized I don't have to allow my mom to make me feel guilty about my success, I can step into it. So again, what we want to do is, is give people that opportunity to first develop awareness. And I always talk about practices. You know, if you want to be a great golfer or you want to do yoga or you want to be whatever, uh, a triathlete, you have to practice and engage in specific practices. And so that's why I've designed the book to offer some of those things because often we don't know what practices we need to shift our, our mindsets or our paradigms specific to time and money. We just live it every day and we don't even know other than we're feeling stressed, but we don't know the source of that stress. So it begins with awareness. One thing that I would tell your listeners is try this. 
I do this with my clients all the time. Take a, an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and just sit down, stream of consciousness journal, and, and ask, ask yourself the question, what do I believe about money? And just write until you can't write any further. And do the same thing around time. And then you might go a little deeper and say, where did those storylines come from? You know, wh- why do I believe what I believe? And then another step is, what is it? What are those beliefs doing now in terms of my daily interactions? How are they impacting me on a daily? And I, and I say that because part of the impetus behind the book was I had an employee some years ago that was a very, very bright man. And for whatever reason, I spent a lot of time and energy over a three-year period trying to get him to produce results, and I never, I never could get him to, to produce the results that I had hired him for. One day I asked the question, what do you believe about people who have money? And his response was quite shocking. He said, I believe they're greedy, oppressive, and egocentric. And in that moment, Dana, I realized, well, no wonder I can't get you to make any money. Why would you want to be like those guys? And so it began to kind of cause curiosity, and I started to notice it in my clients and my corporate work as well as my coaching work that, you know, we self-sabotage sometimes. And this gentleman, really really not much different than many of us, was self-sabotaging and had a history, in fact, of sabotaging his career and and his financial uh, status and, and, and stability. And so... If it's that ingrained in us and we don't have awareness of it, I mean, it can just continue on for decades and decades, which was the case for this gentleman that I, of course, eventually had to to transition away from because there was no hope there in my bringing him to another level of understanding. That was the work that he had to do. But I believe that each of us can examine our thoughts. And then the next step is, again, put in practices that allow you to see yourself doing things differently. And it's little by little. Some people can do it overnight. When we talk about uh, the stages of development, you know, there are 12 of them, I think I said I mentioned. And you can have a very robust experience of life at no matter what stage you're at. So it's not necessarily that I have to, you know, transcend into some great, you know, uh, guru and Dalai Lama mindset. Most business people in the United States, roughly around 60%, we estimate, fall into what we often call the stage of expert and achiever stage. And that's what businesses are made up of, so it's a beautiful thing. But if you're struggling in some way with that chase for time and money, then there's an opportunity for growth and transformation. Right. And and I noticed you said you were talking about the first step is examining your thought, and then once you discover a belief that you might hold that is a limiting belief, like maybe the way you feel about people who have money or the way you feel about if you feel guilty, if you're enjoying your own money. Once you discover those beliefs, you said you put in to practice exercises that will help you to transform that thinking. Can you give us an example of a a practice that somebody could do? Maybe somebody's listening now and they're like, yeah, I want to play with this a little bit. I want to do something on a day-to-day basis that starts to open me up to more money, open my thinking up to more money. What would you say would be a good thing to do? Well, when I'm talking about the secret as, as being centered in stewardship, you know, stewardship has to do with our paradigms around being entrusted with the responsibility of caring for what we have. And then I, and then the cycle moves into compassion and generosity and gratitude and, and actually self-compassion and greater love for self and others. So I'm encouraging people to look at one area. So maybe if stewardship is not something I'm familiar with or I don't know anything about, how might I maybe think about my expenditures for the day? 
Is there a way that I can watch? I mean, do I really need to go to Starbucks, you know, twice this week? Maybe I just go once. Uh, if, uh, if I'm struggling with generosity, which in the book I go into the different levels um, of some of the themes that we've seen from the earlier research around the assessment, one is narcissistic generosity. Uh, but if I struggle with generosity, you know, is there something that I might do, not necessarily diving full board into, you know, giving, you know, a big percentage of my income away, but maybe I give to that homeless guy at the street corner today and, and, and forego uh, my Starbucks, you know, something of that nature. And just just pay attention to what rises up for you in your thinking and in your emotions as you dip that toe into something that may not feel quite comfortable for you. If, you're, I, if, I, if I'm not a saver, maybe I save a little bit. You know, whatever yeah. it is that I find I'm bumping up against in my own development around these two constructs, what can I do that might challenge me to another way of being? I totally get it. I totally get what you're saying. What you're saying is take baby steps. So it's like for you, the example you gave us, which I thought was really a powerful example of you become aware of the guilt you're feeling when you hear that sentence. Well, the baby step in kind of taking your power back or feeling better about it is to say that statement back like, yes, you know, please be happy for me. So really, this is it. It's like if you're being challenged with generosity, Take a baby step. Take a baby step into doing it. So I, I think I've got that. I like that. It's it's figure out what's your medicine, what's the medicine you need for your particular paradigm that you've become aware of. So very, very well said. I want to make sure that everybody has this Earl because there are a lot of really cool bonuses over here, especially this assessment. You can go take this assessment and figure out where you're at in the pursuit of time and money. So the, the website is the timemoneybook.com slash mindaware the timemoneybook.com slash mindaware go check it out remember today's the first day you can actually go out and get the book so head over to amazon just do a, a search for dr sharon spano that's our guest today the name of the book is the pursuit of time and money fascinating stuff it really does all begin with our paradigms and how we think our realities in the outside world and how we act comes from that. Do you have any parting advice that you'd like to give everybody, Dr. Sharon? Well, I think there's so many things to be said about this, this specific topic, but I think the main thing I want people to understand is that wherever you are, if you're feeling stuck or you're bumping up against some form of scarcity and you want to really know what abundance is like, you've got to do the work. And so this book is intended to start the conversation to help you develop awareness. And then if you need other support along the way, you know, there's so much on the Internet now in terms of time, money management or, or some of the mind things that you and I are so interested and excited about. You know, don't hesitate to do it because you can change. You can develop to higher levels of thought, which will in turn dramatically impact the way that you do life and the way you step into a more radical, abundant experience of life. I love it. I love it. Well said. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm honored to be able to launch this on this day. Congratulations on the book being out. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, and I was you couldn't have been the – you're just the most perfect person to launch today, and I just feel like the celebration is just meant to be with you, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's a big old feel good. And thank you all for being here. Isn't this good stuff? Don't you feel like when we talk about this, like this is what this tribe is about. This tribe is about breaking through paradigms. We don't have to just 
act from the reality that we've been dealt unquestioningly. You know, we can say, hey, guess what? I can think in my head. I can evaluate. I can be aware of how I feel. And the best part about the advice that Dr. Sharon's giving us right now is you can do it right now. Today, you can start to notice where do those uncomfortable feelings come up around time or money. You can immediately take that sheet of paper that she suggested and start writing down what's your stream of consciousness around time or money because the nuggets are there. You already know them. They're easy to discover. And then it's not like you have to flip a switch and change something this instant. Take those baby steps. I know she's not kidding and I couldn't agree more. This is lifelong work. This is a lifelong journey. And so that's the fun of it. Get into the fun of it. Get into the fun of discovering yourself, discovering who you are, how you think about things, and then how to break through. And we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. Well, I don't know if this is the right analogy, but it's like, kind of like being drunk and like you got to get into your house. You know, like, okay, just walk <laughs> up the walkway, you know, one foot in front of the other. Holy free holies, right? Oh, they'll get my smile later. Later they'll think that that crazy lady was smiling at me. <laughs> You're oh, doing yeah. the dishes and he's playing the banjo. We're talking fresh from your juicer. Each day is a new life we can create. I'm not looking at your smartphone or thinking about your next meeting, but just listening to people. If you're aware that we own a monkey. Because we're all about joy here at the Mind Aware, right? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.